I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And you are very welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for a very special episode of Football Pony. What a weekend of football it was. All sorts of crazy results. And yes, my heart is broken with the North London Derby result. But hey, we've got a very special guest coming on here today because I know that we might have gone a bit like on the Liverpool bashing side of things. But here today we have Tom Mullen, a scouse through and through, a student at the University of Liverpool in politics and history. And this is a fascinating conversation where we talk about how socialism, how football, how Liverpool as a city sticking together really makes them stand out from the rest of England and why this Premier League triumph is actually much bigger than football. You're welcome back to Football Pony. Tom, my man, thank you so much. It's good. I think it's the first time. No, it's not the first time, but it's good to have family on the on the podcast. How are you doing? Sounds. How about yourself? I'm good. Uh, I mean, obviously, I have to start off with a massive congratulations on being league champions. How does it feel? Oh, unbelievable! Been waiting for it since before I was born. So yeah. <laughs> what year were you born? On ninety nine. 99? Oh, fuck off, Tom. Jesus. <laughs> you're, born, you're born like after some of the Arsenal glory days. <laughs> yeah. no, I, don't, I don't really remember. The, uh... Yeah, yeah. What's your, what is your earliest memories of? Because obviously uh, your, your dad, my uncle, has been going to Anfield as a season ticket holder since 1988. Um, yeah. What's your earliest memories of Liverpool? Uh, well, Istanbul is probably like the biggest one. That's, okay, that's, right. That was the day before my sixth birthday. Right. <laughs> that was like the best birthday present ever. Yeah. Um, I'd say uh, I've got brief brief memories of like, I remember Michael Owen scoring a couple of goals in just before he left. But yeah. That, Istanbul was the first big one. That was like, that was, yeah, I'd say that's my first one. Just before your fifth birthday or your sixth birthday, did you say? Just before my sixth birthday, yeah. So um, even at the, even at that age, you're a big you're a big football fan. Oh yeah, well I was already playing football before then. Right. First Liverpool man, because literally as soon as you start school, they basically start you playing footy. Right. So that's just Liverpool. <laughs> Footy's everywhere. <laughs> 
What's that? I and I've been, I've been wanting to have a proper uh, a actual real scouser on because there's loads of Liverpool fans who want to come on and talk about winning the league and stuff like that. But you know they're from Cork. You know it's not, <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same thing. But when you as uh, as you were saying, when you grow up in Liverpool, it being a football mad city, there you go. You're playing from as soon as you get to school, and everybody's hooked. Is is how do you pick sides in Liverpool? It's such a footballing mad city it's red or blue it's everton or it's liverpool is that decided for you before you get a chance to decide oh yeah yeah like my there's no way i'd even be allowed in the house because <laughs> 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 well i say that but like papa our granddad he was a he was a blue that's I true yeah fellow was closer to his uncle so he, he was a red so thank god if <laughs> 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 the reds there yeah, and obviously, so both of our both of our grandparents, uh, our grandfather wasn't born in Liverpool, but he grew up there, and he was oh, yeah. and across across the road from Goodison, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was in. It was between the two stadiums. I'm pretty sure. Like it's, right, because it's so close. It's yes, it's, yeah, it's yeah. They're only a mile apart, Anfield and Goodison, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, so Everton have always been close to European cups, but just not in the way they want to be. <laughs> I have to get Everton fans on, on after this. <laughs> yeah. I'll, be getting some stick, I'll be getting some stick from my mates after this. Like. I was I was going to say, what is it? What is it like? What's the divide with regards who's got the bigger fan club within the city? Hey, it's probably it's fairly it's fairly even. Like, oh, is it? My, okay, right. Yeah, most of, most of my mates are Reds at the minute, but it, it, like in school, growing up, it was it was fair, like fifty fifty really. Okay, my right. best mate growing up, he was a blue. So there is actually a photograph of me wearing an Everton shirt. But just uh, keep what was that way. for? <laughs> oh, so well, I remember this actually. This is one of my first football memories. I would have been about four or five, and we'd went round to my mate's house, and I'd spilled something on my top. And his mum came down all happy, thinking, "Oh, I'll stop him. Let's really try and get him." Uh, yeah, if if he ever becomes a professional footballer, then we'll bring this one back up. And, uh. <laughs> what's the what's the relationship like between red and blue fans? Obviously, your best friend was was a blue, but it's I'm I'm going to assume it's nothing like what it is in Glasgow, for example, between no. Glas- Rangers and Celtic. It's like the, the comparison between Glasgow and Liverpool in a lot of senses. There's there's lots you can compare. There's lots of similarities, but. Liverpool and Everton, like the the families, there's families split by Liverpool and Everton. Like it's it's almost a crime in Glasgow for a, a Rangers yeah. fan to Celtic fan. But now it's uh, like it's not even close to that. Right. Really. Everybody uh, gets on. Yeah, well, it's it's a much more united city, and that that mm. that's like comes through things that like we've been through as a city, and things. Also, like at the minute, it, it's annoying because. Like let's just say on Twitter, when Liverpool fans and Everton fans are going at it, all you get is all like Chelsea fans and my new fans going in. Oh, look at all these scouts! It's like Everton fans should be able to give Liverpool fans shit for like there was the stuff at the live birds and things like this without the rest of the country just coming in and going, "Oh, you scouts bastards!" Right? Well, yeah, because there does seem to be. Um, you sent me the bit in the uh, the Liverpool Echo, and I just know from living in in England as well that there is like, uh, I suppose you could call offensive stereotypes of scousers, but there is a, um, 
there does seem to be a separation between Scousers and the rest of England. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit? Now, we know politically, like, things happened with Thatcher. Um, there was the, the Hillsborough disaster and the way that that was handled by a national newspaper and stuff like that. Little things like that started to create create the divide. Um, yeah. you're, you're studying history and politics in the University of Liverpool. And a recent uh, essay that you wrote to me there was about um, how football has impacted uh, social and socialism like are very intertwined within the city. Can you talk to me a little bit about why Scousers and how they feel so different to the rest of the country? Yeah, so there's a few things. Um, Originally, it would... So before Thatcher, Thatcher basically, when Thatcher came in and she distanced England from Liverpool and her actions distanced England from, uh, from Liverpool. But before Thatcher, there was like signs that we were drifting away. So we were to Port City, so we've always had massive influences from Ireland, uh, well, all over the world, really, but like even America. Uh, so there's always been a sense of, oh, a lot of the population isn't from England anyway. Right. And um, a lot of the families from that have then grown up not feeling English because they're actually well, it's built on migrants, really. It's a city built on immigrants, right. built on migration. Right. And then... Thatcher comes along and just fucking blows us off the park. Basically. So, are you on to the, the managed decline? That, that term. Yeah. So that, was, that was a term that she used that, was, that she described what she wanted to do with Liverpool. So, she basically wanted to starve the people out of their own city. They wanted, she wanted to cut funding completely. So what what was her what was her political thinking around this? Why did she want to? So she wants to spend she wanted to spend the money on other cities that she thought had like better prospects, such as like Newcastle, Manchester, right? London. <laughs> All the money goes to London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why? Wow, that's fascinating. And so, do you know exactly what it is going on in her head, or is it like is it an Irish thing that's in her head? For example, oh, it's like full of paddies up there. I don't like. Do, do I mean, we know, or is it just I, I, all theory? I, I, I'd ask her, but she's a uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's not around for that conversation, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which is often celebrated by Liverpool fans. And I know, yeah, yeah, Irish people like, but uh, yeah, the, 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 it's multiple things. So because she had the, this idea of uh, we don't live in a society that was her that was her line, wasn't it? That was so like. She wanted people to fend for themselves, but Liverpool's always been like a close knit society. It's it's a community. It's that's what it's what it's one of the, like many things that like distances us from other places in England. Like it, there's a, like a massive sense of togetherness. Mm. So she didn't like, and she didn't like that we stood up for ourselves. She didn't. She supported the police in the '81 Toxteth riots. So that was uh, the, the city coming together and standing up for itself. Yeah, and uh, yeah. a few things uh, after the Hazel disaster, which is obviously uh, that was uh, Liverpool and Juventus fans, wasn't it? That was, yeah, that was um, yeah. that was in Belgium. She came out her first speech after it, and her comment on the situation was, "Oh, it's because Liverpool's uh, a particularly violent area." Mm. But he's saying this isn't this isn't a reflection of Liverpool when literally a month earlier. Everton fans had went 
I can't remember where they went for the uh, UEFA Cup, but they were in the UEFA Cup final and they've been told that they were the best behaved fans in Europe. Yeah. And they've been invited back any time. So yeah. it, it's her, man, her mentality on Liverpool, like, it, it was so wrong. It was so like, the, the Hazel disaster is obviously, like, it has cast like huge stereotypes Liverpool fans as well. And it's a horrible, like, mm. it's indefensible. Act. Yeah, uh, people were prosecuted. UEFA officials were prosecuted because the game shouldn't have been played in that stadium. But that still doesn't defend what mm. had happened. And um, but yeah, that's one of the one of the reasons. And is it because of, because of some of those things like Heisel, like Hillsborough, have happened that football becomes more of an identity to bring scousers together? And yes. right. Yeah, well, it, it has always brought uh, the fans together. Because in, in 19... So, prior to the war, it was... Everton were one of the best teams in the country. They had Dixie Dean, who's still got the record for 60 goals in a season. Right, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was more games, but it's still, it's still yeah. ridiculous. Uh, they also yeah. had um, a period known as the School of Science, where they were that good defensively that... People thought it was scientific. Like, <laughs> right. it, so, that, so, and, and, and it was until, pretty much until Shankly came. And Shankly is huge in both in the city and and in the club. Like the impact yeah. of Shankly's had is just phenomenal. How has he had an impact on the city as well as the as well as the football club? Well, he he gave the club its identity. He, he like in so many ways. So even just little things like he made us play in all red. We, like right. we used to have red, red, red and white, white shorts. Okay. But he was like, "No, I want to be the first team to play in all red." I'm not sure right. if Forest were already playing in all red at this point, but we were certainly one of the team, one of the first teams. And uh, it just gave us the identity of like we're all like we are red. Like that's together. Yeah, and then he, honestly, if he would have written a book on like a socialist, like a manifesto or something, it would be phenomenal. His mind, his thinking was just. Like incredible, like staunch socialist. Like, uh, and he 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 brought the city together. He recognised that because the city was going through a hard time in sixty. Well, the sixties it wasn't, but in the in the seventies, sixties was like the Beatles and all that kind of stuff. I presume that that kind of lifted the city a lot. Well, the sixties, by all means, sounds just unbelievable in Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, well, it was uh, Alan Ginsberg said that Liverpool was the Center of the creative universe, right? That's that's some uh, that's some, some statement, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then so yeah, and he, he, he just he he bought the city and football together. And in 1965, when we finally won the FA Cup, which we've been trying to do for a while, 500,000 people turned up to the streets of Liverpool. Wow. And this is in 1965 when the population was 750,000. Wow. <laughs> right. That's a good time to go robbing houses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another thing that we talk about is the, <laughs> the stereotypes of. Were you, well, you did send me the list of stereotypes on Scousers here because I thought it was kind of funny. What? That's the, that's the list of good stereotypes. There's a list of oh, bad it is. Oh, it is good, right? I was wondering, like, these aren't bad at all. It's just like uh, <laughs> we're, it's like we're super friendly we're... and we're very welcoming. <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this is this is a list of stereotypes written by someone in Liverpool. 
yeah totally <laughs> yeah. it was very it was very like cause i like that it's called the liverpool echo as well because uh cork people are kind of like that as well you know and the yeah. the cork newspaper is the evening echo as well but it's great watching the even echo because reading the evening echo because it can be a very cork manifesto sometimes as well like yeah. here's why we're fucking brilliant today <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's 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 synonymous with port cities it, yeah it, they feel like they often do feel like they're not a part of, and they can distance themselves from like the things they don't like in England and there's a lot which we don't like in England, mm. especially at the minute. But yeah. Like, especially yeah. with, with, with Brexit going on at the moment and, well, yeah. uh, and Liverpool only 12 years ago being the European capital of culture, you know, like so connected to Europe and, uh, so, we, were, we were the only major city that voted to remain, yeah uh, like so prominently anyway but yeah. it's, it's because uh when thatcher uh decided that she didn't want to fund liverpool the eu did step in and they the, the funding that we received from the eu has built what we like has built mm. Liverpool like bit uh l1 have you been you've been to liverpool one in the city uh, center I- I have been. I was there with you recently. Is that all around the area where you were working in the bar and the warehouse yeah, area yeah, and all that? Yeah, yeah it's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. So they all all the uh, funding from that was uh, that's EU funding and EU investors. Wow. So, so no wonder. Yeah. So wonder scousers feel closer to the EU than they yeah. do to London. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's a, that's a, that's part of it. And another thing is nobody reads the tabloid papers in Liverpool or like. Tabloids. Well, I knew they don't read the sun, but it's like, is it all yeah. the tabloids? Well, it's Murdoch in general. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The sun is, is a different thing. Like, there's a, like, people don't read the sun because of, like, what they did in, uh, with the Hillsborough. You can, you can explain it there for people who yeah, might, may not know. So, uh, well, just after the, Hill, after the uh, Hillsborough disaster had happened, they were the fair, they were, it was still the number one paper in the country at this point, and it still is sun which is mm. just says a lot about england yeah it's a fucking rag yeah so uh they came up with just blatant lies about uh blaming the liverpool fans um saying this that was they- this was a disaster by the way that happened in hillsborough if those of you who aren't football fans who may not know about this hillsborough disaster it was a an fa cup semi-final between liverpool and i can't remember who was it was it not Forest? i can't remember uh, I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. But anyway, um, the it was being played at a neutral venue, which was Sheffield Wednesday's ground of Hillsborough. And there was loads of fans trying to get in. Um, it's off. It's it's actually awful to watch because it's it's on YouTube and you can see the whole. It's it's so awful to watch. You're seeing you're watching people dying live on TV. People were crushed and 96, uh, 96 people uh, lost their lives, unfortunately. But as Tom was saying, the Sun newspaper basically came out and just kind of started blaming the Scousers. And subsequently, and only very recently, has justice come yeah. out with regards that the government going, yeah, that wasn't Liverpool fans' fault at all. Yeah, well, there's the a 20, 27-year fight for justice. 27 years, yeah. And it's, it's still going on. There was a court yeah. case last year, and we didn't actually get the results that we'd wanted in the court case last year. I can't remember the that- specifics of that one. That was that was um, that was for conviction for the actual uh, the head yeah, the head of police the constable who basically kind of got off, got off with taking any reprimand for for his actions. There's, in there's so many atrocities on it. There's, there is a documentary on it, but it's it's very very hard to watch. Um, yeah, 
that talks about so part of the sun's uh, lies where that there was uh, it was drunken Liverpool fans that were the problem. They were pickpocketing the dead, which is just a horrific, me. and and, uh, and pissing on police officers trying to help, which is just so horrifically wrong. It's fucking awful. And you watch it and you know that there's not a hope anything like that is happening. You can watch it live. Exactly. Like I wouldn't recommend going and watching the footage because it's just yeah, it's quite hard to watch. Yeah, uh, but uh, also, and then there was a mass, there was a massive cover up after it as well, which is partly one of the reasons why Thatcher's so hated because she was part of it. Yes, it's one of the reasons why it was so horrible not for Duck, for Duckenfield not to um, be prosecuted. Uh, yeah, we lost that case. But the, yeah, so uh, that documentary goes into how how they used the like how they used the narrative of drunk Liverpool fans to cover it up. They tested children for alcohol the day after there's also like it's it's just it's so horrendous there's also uh like 96 people died but there's so much negligence from police which caused like there were so many lives that could have been saved if the police had acted properly yeah and yeah. like that was why it was so much of like so much more of a kick in the teeth when the sun like ran this mm. newspaper, and then mm. furthermore, the fact that everyone in the country believed it, and like, right, it, 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 like, so obviously, so is that what is that is that what happened really? Because like, obviously, being a being of a different perspective, having grown up in Ireland, and uh, I think it was Hillsborough eighty five. I can't remember uh, eighty nine. Eighty nine. Sorry. So I was only a kid when it happened uh, myself. But certainly, I suppose maybe through my relation with you and I have like Scouse in my... I was thinking that cycling up here actually today, thinking I've actually got Scouse in my blood because my grandparents are from... Nana was from Liverpool like originally. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, we would have always had that point of view, do you know what I mean? But the rest yeah. of England actually thought that the Scousers were guilty. Oh, yeah. And it was partly due to uh, obviously what had happened with the Hazel disaster, people were mm. just so inclined to believe that it was Liverpool fans. They, they were like, mm. oh, they just written, like the road scousers off as just hooligans, uh, all these stereotypes that you, like we still get today, like hooligans, thieves, uh, I don't know, the, the Harry Enfield sketch, I don't know if you've seen it, the, the calm down. Oh, calm, calm down, calm down, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still get that, like whenever I leave Liverpool, people are saying to me, it's just like, it's like, it's like you know, like, um, like a dad joke it's just like oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it doesn't offend me because it's just like a shit joke it's just like come on <laughs> it's it's bo- yeah it's boring at, the, at this stage <laughs> so yeah. the if we can tie it all back together into present time because the reason why we're talking about all that stuff and the identity of liverpool and the identity of liverpool as a city is that kind of does feed into recent times 100 percent. yeah well I, like i don't think there's been any single event that's had as great an impact on Liverpool as Hillsborough, really. Wow. Like it, right, the, okay. the city is, and it, that is like massively to do with how Everton responded, because okay, like so when I was doing when I was researching for this essay, I was so like I was trying my hardest to make sure that I didn't understate Everton's because I've spent my whole life belittling Everton just as a football fan. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to understate their importance because of how they helped. Uh, with the with the justice campaign, how they've just how they helped Liverpool. Like so, they had uh, just after Liverpool played Everton, 
and if it was in the league or if it was if it was just a like a fundraising match because I know we had a fundraising match with Celtic as well so I can talk about the link between Celtic and Liverpool as well but uh, like just Everton fans in general just looking out for Liverpool fans they've always been there there's, even last year they had a, uh, a flag which went across so do you know the way there's a barrier between the away fans and the yes fans. so they had a flag which was across the banner and it was all scouts know the truth just as for the 96 like, they, right. yeah, like yeah. even to this day they still they still stand by Liverpool fans that, yeah, that is amazing that is absolutely amazing so then so then it is a very different rivalry because there's a footballing rivalry, but it's a, like a healthy one. It's nearly like GAA rivalry, actually, in hurling. Like, you know, Cork and Kilkenny hate each other, but it's, you know, it's a it's a healthy on-the-field rivalry. Everyone's going for pints afterwards, but but you guys have a, a different kind of a bond as well off the pitch. Well, yeah. Like, so whenever there's a derby, I'll meet up with my Blue Nose mates before it. Like, okay. They, 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 they usually don't want to meet us after, but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, that, it's called it's called um, the friendly derby, isn't it? Like, right, yeah. It's it's because it's so intertwined within families, that, and also Everton were in the other semi final. Everton could oh, have been, right. could have been like a different draw would have put Everton in that stadium and Everton in those risks. So right, okay. And it's just so close to home. There's so many reasons why they like, and it, it, that's part of the reasons why. Like scouts stick together, like yeah. Well, I've I have noticed that when I was living in London, actually, um, and I was I was seeing a scouts girl for a very short time, and uh, even just bumping into like fellow scouts in the in the shop down in London, it was just like a real connection of what it, of what it's like for me if I met somebody Irish, but it was even closer than that. Do you know what I mean? It was it, like if I saw somebody. And I'm abroad, and someone is Irish, like, oh, hey, how's it going? But like, they're like, yeah, let's go for a bevy, go for a bevy. You know what I mean? Like, just totally, totally hooked onto each other and bonded straight away. And it's like, there's a, a closeness that, and I'll never forget walking down the street with her once, and there was a sign, an advertisement, uh, and she's not into football at all, but a sign that is advertising the Sun newspaper. And she was just like, straight away, fucking scum. And as I walked on, it was just like, whoa, you know, we could see it was just completely ingrained straight away in, in her identity, you know? Um, yeah. So so fast forwarding into recent weeks and Liverpool Football Club have been on uh, an amazing run in the last four years, uh, let's be honest, or since Jürgen's come, it's yeah. been it's been on an uphill and they weren't doing too bad. I, I, I mean, I thought Brendan Rodgers was a little harsh done by, to be honest with you, because he, you know, I thought they were really unlucky to not win the league that year. What you, were you not a fan? Uh, well, it's one of them, isn't it? In Rodgers, I don't know if it was Rodgers' last game, well, it wasn't Rodgers' last game, but it was Gerrard's last game. So Rodgers got the first half of the second season. We lost 6 1 to Stoke. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Was, it was so embarrassing. And it's it's happened with a lot of uh, Rogers' teams towards the end of the season. If you look at Leicester this it's season, they just switched off at the end. Did you see that yesterday? That was it crazy, was mad. absolute it, madness. Like so, no, he, he had to go. And there's there's not a per- single person on the planet who I'd rather have manager than Jurgen Klopp. Like <laughs> so perfect for for the club and for the city as well because he's he's a big socialist himself. So. 
So you think that's 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 uh, uh, like I'm not saying that that was part of his job description, but do you think that the the powers that be at Liverpool Football Club are looking at the identity and even down to the to the the politics of a manager? Uh, I'd love to say that, but the the owners of the club don't have the best. In, like every single year, something happens and it, they just distance themselves from like the, the, when they try to furlough the workers this year. I don't know. No, I, I think they looked at Klopp's managing credentials, and it would just happen to be that. I wish that, and there yeah. is, there is, there is actually there's a, uh, a group called Spirit of Shankly who do have influence on the club, and they they will have had influence on that. And hopefully, who makes the, up that group called Spirit of Shankly? Who is that? They, anyone can register. So I'm a member of it. Um, right. I can't remember the the origins of it. Well, it's fa- it's fans and it's um, so it's local fans who aim to have. Do you know in Germany there's the uh, there's the fifty plus one rule. Do you know what that is? So fans no, I don't. fans have to own. Uh, I think it's fans have to own fifty one percent. I'd have to I'd have to look it up to be fifty one percent of the club. Is that of the shares of the club? Yeah, so they so they have to get a certain amount of the uh, decision makings by fans. I can't remember the the, the actual statistics. Figure, on yeah, but that is that is what we'd aim for, right? Uh, in Liverpool, and that's that's what everyone in Liverpool wants. But the, the owners, it's a business. To, it's a business to every yeah. owner I can think of. Most of that football. Must, that must be hard for. For Liverpool fans being owned by such a because you're you're anti Murdoch, right? Yeah. So you're not yeah. going to read any of the tabloids, and yet you're owned by a a huge American businessman corporate. <laughs> Stanway yeah, Sports, it's, isn't it? It's a uh, Fenway Sports. Or Fen- Fenway, sorry, Fenway Sports. Yeah, after Fenway Park in the Boston Red Sox. Yes, of course. Yeah, and I was I was just reading about uh, Fenway because we, we didn't make we didn't sign Werner and we didn't sign which by the way I couldn't give a shit about. Liverpool not, Liverpool not signing players with, with arguably the best team in the world right now. But uh, you know how like, football Twitter is. They, they cry, like, kick up a fuss anytime you don't sign Messi. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's, uh, I was reading about uh, how they, they manage Boston Red Sox in comparison. So they have eight players on more money than Mohamed Salah in, in the baseball team. Right. They just signed. They just signed a fella on a contract of 145 million. Oh Jesus! A year is it? Uh, I don't know if they. I don't know if it's a year. Or, I think or it's they, probably the contract. They, yeah, that's they serious for, money. Yeah, they play for longer in baseball, so the contracts are a bit longer. Right. It's, it's ridiculous how much money is in it because I think, as far as I'm aware, it's the only sport like of the top four sports in America that doesn't have wage caps. So the NFL, the NBA. They so each club has a certain amount to spend on soccer over there. Well, they call it soccer, but soccer over there has a wage cap as well. Does it? Yeah. See, yeah. well, to be honest, I wouldn't be opposed to that being bought in in the future in the Premier League because it, even the, the City decision today. Um, yeah. What you what's your feeling? My feeling on that is that um, that there's so much corruption going on on the part of UEFA that I don't even trust how this case came along in the first place. No. So, so I'm, I'm kind of like because I was talking to another f- friend of mine who was like this is bullshit they didn't cooperate and that's okay to not cooperate and I'm like well they didn't cooperate after 
UEFA had the emails, which where the fuck did they get the emails from illegally? Um, it's just UEFA are so dodgy that I'm kind of like. It's, it, that's what that's my feelings on it as well. Like it seems like all football is so corrupt. Like what the, the next World Cup is going to be in Qatar. Yeah, it's, it's, gonna, it's we're we're splitting up the leagues so that we can mm. play a World Cup in Qatar. It's just, mm. I, I'm not saying Qatar shouldn't have a World Cup, but I'm just there's the reason why Qatar do have the World Cup is because yeah. of how FIFA is, and then you look yeah. at UEFA. Yeah. But it, even financial fair play from a start from the very off point is still it's still set up to protect like Bayern, Barca, Real, United, probably Liverpool as well. Yeah. Um, it's set up to, so that Man City can't rise like that. So there is yeah. an argument on their behalf. So why why shouldn't their owners be able to put money in it? That's 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 my problem with, with UEFA absolutely because they don't want Manchester City winning winning the Champions League. They don't yeah. want them being successful because they are tied to that what's better for them is Paris Saint-Germain win league on every year. Bayern yeah. Munich have won the league for eight. the ninth year, is it nine, 8 or 9 or whatever, yeah, in yeah. a row. I mean, they so they're invested in that because you know it makes them more money. They need certain teams to win certain things. So it's all um yeah, I just don't trust. I don't. I'm not saying Man City did everything right either, but I certainly trust. I trust UEFA less than I would Man City, to be honest with you, yeah. with the way that they go on. Um, to how does uh, bringing it back into to Liverpool and winning the league, and we talked about how it's has this really brought the city together? It's a weird time. You didn't get to go out and celebrate the trophy presentation. You know, when does that happen, or what what way does that happen? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's very uncertain times at the minute, isn't it? Like yeah. I mean, everyone's still celebrated in just in their own quarters. Yeah. There's the, the celebrations at the stadium in the Pierhead, which obviously has kicked up a lot of media force. Which is another thing, actually, about uh, just in terms of Twitter. Uh, so after the Pierhead incident, whereby someone had fired fireworks at the live building, Hillsborough yeah. was trending on Twitter. It's just it's just showed like so anytime anything happens with Liverpool fans. Wow, so because Liverpool fans were acting the bollocks with a few fireworks. Yeah. They're, they're saying, yeah, these are the people that killed the ninety six essentially. Yeah, so all we always get always the victims, never your fault. Like we get yes. that from everyone that's uh what else? Um There's a lot of hate there's a lot of that between you and United fans, isn't there? Yeah, well Liverpool and United fans go back and forth like that, that it's there's a there's a lot of hatred between yeah I, I lived with two united fans last year actually and so it was a fucking brilliant year to live with united fans so i live with i lived with two united fans an everton fan and a chelsea fan last year so right, it, was, right. it was a fucking brilliant year for it <laughs> Um, so yeah, so so a lot of the tension between City and or sorry, Liverpool and United, like that's actual hate. It's different to Everton and Liverpool. Yeah, well, there's also Liverpool and Manchester, like City. Yeah. Whereas they they've always been, which is which is a bit annoying to me because I feel like if we could like unite the likes of Liverpool, Manchester, Sheffield, Newcastle, we could Newcastle, actually Leeds, yeah, oh Leeds, if we could actually overturn. Uh, the Tory government in the middle because of it's fucking shambolic at the minute. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, but it's um, 
what are you going to do? Well, it's it's funny that you talk. We were talking about the tabloid newspapers and all that because they have such an influence on on the, why that's happened. You know, it's such it's like that propaganda that uh, people aren't unfortunately, and I don't like saying it because it can sound like you're talking down to people. Um, but you're not educated enough in the whole in the bigger picture. If you're yeah. if you're if this is what you're consuming, you're not consuming you're not consuming proper education. You know. Exactly, but it's another it's another thing about Liverpool as well. Actually, it's a it's a very socially aware city. Yes. Whether that is because they don't read the tabloids, it's become socially aware, or whether it was socially aware and therefore we don't read the tabloids. I'm not. It's probably a bit of both. Mm. But yeah, it's so obviously when you are a working class city, and especially when there's lots of unions as well, you, you learn when you're in the unions, you learn about workers' rights, you learn about what what you what the government can and can't do and then you you, you do. You, you you become socially aware and then you, that's you, that's just spun on from generation to generation. And it's uh it's also like a city, as you said at the beginning, a city built on immigrants. So then exactly. you naturally have awareness of the rest of the world. Yeah, and, exactly. And what's going on in the rest of the world. Interesting you're talking about um like is you're you're still a very young man, you're still in university and educated uh, and you're educating yourself. You're you are, you know, very aware, very well aware of the things that you are talking about, and you're studying politics and history, so so that helps. What what is the what do you think of the incidents that have happened? Like yesterday, it was with uh, poor um, Wilfred Zaha and the racist comments that were sent to him on uh, on Instagram. It happened with Ian Wright. Um, there, I think about a month, maybe two, and it was a, it was a young Irish guy who were sending racist. Uh, abusive messages to to these guys to these black players and ex-footballers on social media um does do you see any of that as an issue in liverpool as well like it is the rest of the country or do you feel or do you see because of the education and because the awareness of socialism that there's a little bit of a better vibe i suppose well it's it's absolutely horrible what's been happening to uh that, that's a how and it's horrendous. And the boy was 12 years old. 12 years old and he was arrested, yeah. It's just like, so he's been educated into that because he obviously doesn't understand what he's talking about properly. Mm. 12. It's, it's so horrible. And like, as much as I would love to just say, because Liverpool does class itself as progressive city and it is, like, there's a massive uh, socialist support here. Oh, it does, it, it gets let down in certain areas. So I, I think in terms of the rest of the country, it will be. It is definitely a better environment than the likes of Manchester. Newcastle is uh, has uh, so they've got. They've got, I'm pretty sure it was 2015. There was massive UKIP voters. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, and the sun's huge in Newcastle. Right. So, but it, it definitely like so the the lack of tabloids does definitely have an impact, and the fact that it is built on immigration, but it, it, we still get let down. There is still racist in in Liverpool. There's there's been a a good few Black Lives Matter marches uh, recently, and they, they get good support in Liverpool. And uh, far right activists always get chased out of Liverpool. There's a there's a fucking hilarious really? there's a hilarious video. It was three three or four years ago, and it was a it was Britain First or EDL tried to hold a march at Lime Street, and the police ended up having to protect them. So they have to change, they have to push them all back into Lime Street, put them all in a shop, and then close the shutters on the shop. <laughs> it, it's unreal. 
Like, that's and, so good. And like, that is, that's one of the reasons why like, I love the city so much. But it, it definitely it definitely does still need work. It was, it was only 2013 when we had the Luis Suarez incidents. Mm. Uh, the club obviously def- defended them. We wore, mm. we wore shirts to support them. I know that mm. was different before the verdict, but it's still... Yeah, that was that was a that that was a complicated one as well for me as well because I think that was a cultural acceptance of what you do say and you don't say and uh well, I yeah. just know I just know from being like my mother being South American you say things that in 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 um English speaking countries is not acceptable, you know. Yeah. And they still they still do today, you know. Yeah. So it's a kind of a conflict of um yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, try, was, try not to defend them because just like that's what we try and do here now. Also, because he's just a little swat and he loves Suarez. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys used to love him. Oh, yeah, we used to love him. And you, <laughs> we love we love the current team at the minute. And he was trying. He was being. He's like I, I've got nothing against celebrating against the old club. I think yeah. in a lot of cases, I, I'm just like, what? Like why? Why aren't you celebrating? Like it's yeah. storage against Man City. I remember he scored and he didn't celebrate. So I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, like, it was the fact that he was like, he kicked Robertson, then he Robertson went off injured. That's uh, right. He's Barca, but then, but then Genie Van Alden comes on and scores two. Yeah, like, yeah, it was unreal. But like, also, I mean, Robin, what do you feel about Andy Robinson? I feel he's a little pain. Like, if I was playing against him, man, he would fucking wind me up. Yeah, well, I, that's another thing. Like, I, he's the guy. I, he's the guy who's he stands behind Virgil Van Dyke and kind of peeks out, going, "Eh, fuck you," you know. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I fucking love him. He, like, <laughs> he's, you see, he was uh, he was like swearing at the rest the other day against Burnley, um, which uh, like it, everyone does. Yeah. It's just it, it makes fans hate him even more. Like if yeah, it was yeah. okay, if it if, to be honest, the most efficient way that we should do it is the way rugby do it. If, yes, if, if you're a ref like that, you get fucked off. Bin, all that kind of. But I think if the refs had mics as well, it would change the way players would change culturally. It's immediately. Yeah, well, yeah. Just, yeah I, but I do. I, I love Andy Robertson so much, and he's he's in my opinion, he's the best left back in the world right now. I mean, it's I mean, it's hard to argue with, with with any of the Liverpool team being the best in their position right now, except for for me, as we talked about, their midfield is overrated because that for me they're just like Alexander Arnold and Robinson are your um uh what do you call it the creators yeah, in the yeah. team. So if those are your if your wing backs are your creators, it's like Fabinho and Fabinho is brilliant at what he does, by the way. Yeah. But they're they're there to keep the the team solid, like and, that, and, that, and that's one of the great things about uh, the system that we play is that individually, none of them are, like so. Uh, let's just say we'll do Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Fabinho. Yeah. That's, the, that's the main three. Individually, none of them say are anywhere near. Well, not nowhere near as good as De Bruyne. No, no. But not many people are. Yes, and that yeah. but that was the thing that we talked about in the podcast previously yeah, I was, gonna, I was, was, that. was that like I, I really feel De Bruyne has been robbed on that. Like, yeah. oh yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, like there's no there's no question even from the Liverpool fans that De Bruyne is the best player in the league right now. Yeah, but, yeah. well, to be fair, uh, Mane this season and Van Dijk He's, this season. Mane, yeah, Mane's been Mane. class. Yeah, for not so there's definitely an eye, and even Hendo this season's been like he's, he's been, been class. Yeah, yeah, but the, again, it's. It's the team that's been playing so well. Like it, we, you, you, uh, you were talking about um, 
Wambasaka and Trent, and you you said that you preferred Wambasaka, and I was just thinking. I that's just, because I that's because you, you I need to pull you up. <laughs> that's because you've been you played on the pitch with Trent Alexander Arnold, and you like Tom likes to tell everybody yeah. that he that he taught yeah. Trent everything he knows about football. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, 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 you did you did play on the same pitch as him before, didn't you? Yeah. So this was years and years ago, and uh, I can't specifically remember him. I remember playing the game, and, and then uh, when when Trent started to rise. My mate was like, oh yeah, we played against him in the show. So, but I was right back at the time and he wasn't the right back. So I do like was to he say set, he, set he, half, he, had a, he had a role model, he had a role model, which he obviously Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw him say that on a on a BT sports interview. He's like there was just this lad, Tom Mullen, he was unreal from Garston. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Some, some skinny kid who was uh... Trent is unbelievable, but the yeah. thing uh, that I don't like about Trent is from the defensive point of view, like yeah, well, I did actually. He's been not, he's been not made by Joe Willock. Come on. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like his, like his defensive abilities get bashed so much more than they mm. should be. So if you if you watch, which I am not going to do, I'm not going to ever watch the uh, the Kiev fan ever again. But if you watch the Kiev highlights, Trent against Ronaldo, Trent was absolutely like stellar. Ronaldo did pretty much nothing in the whole game. Like they relied yeah. on like, two goalkeeping mistakes and a bail absolute like fucking wonder goal, which I've never I've, like unbelievable. One of the best goal of all time. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. And but like the defense was actually unbelievable. It was just we let we were let down by Carrius. And uh, yeah. if you look at him in big games that that season, so he uh, just in in terms of that Champions League run, he pocketed Sane like to, like when we won three 0 Sane did nothing. Mm. Uh, who else? It, we played Roma. He, he was just absolutely outstanding. He did because th- that was his. That was his first uh, season, wasn't it? Really, that was like his, that was his breakthrough season. That was yeah. his breakthrough, and he and he. I agree. He did have a fantastic season, but I'm also talking about the two games against Napoli, for example, uh, yeah. where him, him and Robinson were just like. Andy Robinson was at fall for two goals. Uh, it's funny. Ancelotti uh, seems to have seems to be the only one that has figured out Jurgen Klopp's thing. Yeah, um, but it because really he did it with do. Napoli, and then he didn't beat with Everton. But like Liverpool were not going, were creating nothing like in that in that yeah, game. Yeah, well, in the the Liverpool Everton one, we were playing our kids. Like it was, a, it was our. No, was, I mean, I mean the, the most recent one that was the nil all. Oh, the nil nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, exactly. You forgot about it because it was so yeah. boring. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That, that was the no, most. They, li- Liverpool were brilliant in that game. The kids were amazing. The Liverpool young yeah. kids were amazing. Um, so no. the Napoli one, the Napoli one. Uh, I still think it was an unfair decision on the penalty, but but they beat uh, them twice. No, they beat, they, us, well, the- they beat us once. They beat us twice in two years. Oh, twice in two yeah. years. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anfield. The uh, only reason be- I said about Wan Bissaka because I think on on either side of the two of them, right? There's no doubt that Trent is the better one going forward. There's yeah, like yeah. there's there's absolutely no argument there. I mean, he's smashing it, but you can I have yet to see somebody get past Wan Bissaka. Oh no, I don't. I don't want to understate Wan Bissaka because yeah. he's incredible. He's brilliant defender. Like yeah. But in terms of, you've also got to look at like where Trent plays on the pitch as well. Mm. He, he spends most of the game playing right mid. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. Like, in a sense, our system, we, we are, half the time we are playing five at the back because Fabinho sits that deep. Yes. And yeah. all through the midfield are covering for the... Yeah. So Gini Van Alden plays left back half the time. 
and yeah. look like like it just the system right. is so like well organized that to it's get so that, well oiled they all are just like yeah, in flow mean. all the time they, everyone knows what they're doing it's just that's, like that's what clops installed and and even when you're watching like the academy like you, like way down the line like under 18s and things like this mm. they're, they're still trying to like pass the play from the back and they're trying to do similar things so he's, he's installed it into the whole club and it it's paid off like one if if one game went different last season so that was if if we'd have beaten city i know this is if but maybe but uh, if we'd beaten city last season then we would have had 100 points unbeaten yeah. and, and a champions league it would have been yeah. the greatest season of all time and it, it was, would have you know absolutely would have but in the, in, the, in the words of Roy Keane to Jamie Carragher yeah but you yeah. didn't you didn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. we didn't and because like, you, uh, you, you were talking about like the all time uh, great yes league, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't class this Liverpool team in, not in the moment league. but that, that's the thing and I think I don't think see I get pissed off about people talking about for example stuff to do with Arsenal as if Arsenal fans think this about Arsenal do you know what I mean I think yeah. a lot of it, a lot of the media so actually like yeah. in a lot of ways like people will go on about like Liverpool just win the league is like great, one of the greatest team of all time like that why is that even a conversation now when City have done what they did in the last two years yeah. with the league and winning domestic trophies as well so I, that's not Liverpool fans fault to be fair you know well, there um, is, people do talk about it a lot and it, it, especially because by Christmas we were we were like on to break every record Christmas yes. yeah. and like things fizzled out and I mean these games at the minute, like they all, I, I don't think I've enjoyed one behind closed doors game. Oh, they're awful. It, it's awful. It, it feels like pre-season, especially now yeah. that we've got nothing to play for. Yeah. Like most teams, like half the mid-table have got nothing to play for. The, the relegation battle's coming up, coming on nicely, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Um, now that, now that uh, fifth place doesn't get Champions League football. Yeah. It's kind of, but looks looks like United are going to finish third now. I mean, they win their game. It's crazy. Everyone's just rolled over for them, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, totally. Chelsea. Is it? Do you do Liverpool fans care about the hundred points record? About getting to that hundred points? I mean, we've just won our first title in thirty years. There's not really anything we care about at the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's just a bit like yeah, not asked because technically, I know that everyone's uh, like there's there's people overstating. How how good this is as well, but technically right now we are champions of the world, Europe yeah. and England, and that's yeah. impressive. And I and like I don't want to understate what this team's done, but I wouldn't class it with the treble season and the. And that, I mean that's a great statement to have as well, but it's also like you know got knocked out of the Champions League, so because of COVID nineteen, you're currently the champions of Europe and blah blah blah. blah and, um, but that's another if if if. Football would have stopped a day earlier. We'd still be in the Champions League right now. And yeah, we'd, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, yeah, you, tell, you have to go back to Atletico. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, and 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 we'd have nothing else to focus on. We wouldn't have the the league to focus on. So, it, we, I mean, we've been lucky in parts. We've also been unlucky in parts. Like, yeah, yeah, I, that's I, fair. I hate this uh, this Liverpool only because, and, and I wouldn't mind What's that. It. I don't, I don't know that. Like saying that we've had VAR on our side all season. Oh, sorry. But, uh, oh. Man United, have had, Man United are on, on the way to breaking the record for the most pens in a season. Really? Like, yeah. United's penalty record in general is ridiculous. Like, since is in the history of the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> in the history like, of the Premier League, it's crazy. I um, remember um, Babel got a 
£10,000 fine for putting a photo on Twitter of Howard Webb wearing a Man United shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't wrong. Um, To to finish up... um, do you what? What do you think are the prospects for next season? I mean, we it's still very much up in the air yeah. as to when next season is even going to start. Um, and Liverpool, yeah. with with things like injuries, have been super lucky in the last few seasons, um, with pretty much like no serious injuries to any of the big players. But uh, do you see this continuing? I made the point in the podcast last week that actually. Bar Pep, Pep and Klopp are the only ones that are the top 10 teams that have been there for an extended period of time at that club. Everyone else is in transition. Um, What do you think are the the chances for for Liverpool? Obviously, they're going to be up there, but do you see this team dominating, lasting for a couple of years, competing like at the top? Yeah, well, I still still definitely think next season on potentially a season after if we can keep the whole group together because the, the front three are so good together yeah uh, Bobby's been lacking in front of goal this year but he's he's got five away goal winners yes so, okay so I, I, I find I always don't know if the the thing about Firmino is a joke or not that people are taking the mickey that he's bad or he's not because like one he's been awesome in front of goal like especially yeah. at home, at home. Like, it, it, yeah. you know, well, he scored against United and obviously they are saved them uh, <laughs> as always <laughs> uh, but uh, he, he's he's not he's not taking his chances, and, and and it's it will be a bit of like a mentality thing. It's goal droughts, and it? it's but yeah. massive link up player. Like he does oh, he, play, move, play in be, behind the front two a little bit, really. Yeah. So he allows Mane and Salah to be as good as they are. Exactly. Yeah. Defenders are always looking at him because he's always making all these mad runs and doing all these mad flicks and like yeah. half work as well. In terms of it, in terms of injuries, it wasn't until about after Christmas uh, where our full first team had started the game in the Premier League together. Like we've oh. we haven't had any major like Van Dijk hasn't been out for an extended period. Yeah. Salah, Allison um, was out to be fair for a bit. Allison got injured on the first game of the season. Yeah, Adrian came in and did a brilliant job at, at first. Did, it was yeah. just really fucked up recently. Like that Atletico one was just. Yeah, that was that was tough. How many goalkeeper areas are going to cost us? Like, yeah, um, like that. Yeah, but so Henderson's out, out for the rest of the season now. I know there's only a few games left, but yeah. So, but that's if if ever there's a time to go off and get some surgery done, it's now, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, these games don't even like didn't even feel worth watching. That Burnley, yeah. like the Burnley one was the only one that I've actually been annoyed about because I wasn't asked about City. Because well, it would have been nice to beat them, but as soon as like the game they, kicked off, do you, I mean obviously Liverpool is such a small community city. Everybody knows what's going on. Those players were hung over against City. Oh yeah, please, 100%. of course they were. I don't know why, because Jurgen Klopp was really narky in that interview. And I was like, he's just hanging, like because he would normally laugh all these questions off, but he was just he was. You could see him like just get really. It was. I was. It was very unlike him for me. It was very unlike him. Yeah, because he, yeah, he's usually he, I, I love Ian Klopp like absolutely. And uh, but the thing is, like everyone talking about these records, these players are just fucking like phenomenally. Do- I, I think probably the most dominant season that I can think of. Oh yeah. Of, like so, I know there's, there's been it's been a lackluster year in terms of the rest of the year, the rest of the. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that I, I like a, a friend, a good friend of mine who's a Liberal fan would not take the point, but. 
like Liverpool have been amazing and been so far ahead, but this is also the lowest point scoring from the rest of the league ever. Well, no, I all mean, the other teams left have won the league with about like twelve. No, but, um, yeah, no, no. I mean, but I mean, everybody yeah, else. I mean, the amount of I games that everyone's lost, it's like it's never been that. Yeah. The, all the other teams have performed so badly, basically. You know, know like City mean, have lost eight games, I think, or something. City like that. lost nine games now, but nine, City, yeah. like, they, they, they shouldn't have lost nine games. As in, they have spent yeah. so much money. We, our net spend is like is lower than Everton's. Yeah. So, like, we've we've done because people like, do talk about the big. Well. People do talk about the big buys of Van Dijk and Allison, but that was money off Coutinho. That is what Coutinho paid for. Because there's rumours of him coming back, and I'm just like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be like like an ex-bird coming back after you've just won the lottery or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, an ex-bird coming back after you've married Mariah Carey or something. I don't know. (laughs) You're like, fuck off. (laughs) Genuinely, because look at what him leaving created. It yeah. wasn't even just what he bought, but like Oxley Chamberlain, which I have to say thank you to it. Yeah. And at the at the time I couldn't like I was gutted, but like see what he's doing for Liverpool now. I could you could see that happening at Arsenal. He was just never given the right platform yeah. for that. Uh, I, so I, you can't really a, knock him for it, you know? He's such like a, a fan favourite as well. Like, mm. like he's just a, a lot he, he's probably not quite there to make the first team, I don't think. I'd say I don't like him on the wing. I like him in the middle. He's way better in the middle. Yeah. Same at Arsenal. Wenger always played him on the wing. But when he, I, I watched him against. I was in the stadium for our losing to Bayern Munich in the Champions League five nil the second leg. But oh. um, he played in the middle that night, and he was the best centre midfielder on the pitch. He was yeah. class. Well, so um, uh, when he was playing, because he started on the wing the other day, and commentators on, I think it was in Sky Sports, yeah, it was Carragher, they were talking about whether his versatility holds him back. And I asked yeah, him, I get it. I, well, I think, no, in the sense that it's why Klopp loves him so much, because Klopp loves the fact that he can play anywhere on the pitch. It's like, mm. like why Alden has started for us in centre-half, centre-mid, and up front. Like uh, Fabinho started centre half, centre mid right. right. So, like, and to be fair, you could you could see Jordan Henderson doing the same thing as well. He yeah, did exactly. James Milner the same as well. That's been like that's been a thing like throughout Liverpool. Like Gerard is the best right back we've ever had. He played there for thirty minutes in uh, in Istanbul. In Istanbul, yeah, that's right. I remember that? So, like it's the versatility is why Klopp loves him so much, but also it does it. it him in centre mid is is so much better than him on the wing, in my opinion. Anyway, mm-hmm. so but yeah, I, I do I do like Oxford Chamberlain, and we've got Cater as well. He, he, he can come through. This talk yeah. about Man and Thiago from oh man from Bayern Munich. He is for me. He is the best centre midfielder in the world because I've seen him in real life and I've seen him on TV, and nobody talks about him. But for me, his his. First he's touch. so good on the ball. His touch yeah. is unbelievable. His passing is unbelievable. His ability to score a goal is unreal. Um, yeah. And he can dictate a game. So, uh, for me, massively underrated. I don't know how somebody hasn't tried to snap him up before now. Because he's been outstanding for seasons now. Yeah, his, his wages are, are quite high. So oh, really? Not, okay. Yeah. It's buying, isn't it? But buying can afford to pay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you wait for giving them all the money. Look, we've come full circle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say that before actually about about the UEFA thing. Like, pretty much every league, you, you, I think 
if you put an, an accumulator on every league and you put Celtic to win the Scottish League, uh, so the Premier League is the only one that I can think of where I couldn't call it. So right. it's going to be Real, Bayern, PSG. It's it seems like it's just them every single year. Yeah, like, yeah. I know, I know Barca as well in, in the PSG, like, Juventus, Paris Saint Germain. Like, yeah. So the teams, it just seems like the rich teams win it every year, which is yeah. why it's got to be like people don't see it because there's a lot of like anti Liverpool and because we haven't won it in that long. But it is actually a breath of fresh air that Liverpool have absolutely won it because absolutely. We, only, we only spent seven point five million, and that was on Minamino in January. Yeah. So like it, it it's it's a good thing when we like especially for smaller clubs who. Like we'll get a player who they can then shift on for like lots of money. So we we got rid of uh, Suarez mm. and Coutinho because basically we we were a selling club. Mm. And this is why I, I feel so sorry for Gerard because every time he got a link with a striker, so he was phenomenal with yeah, Owen. Selling for money. Yeah, he was phenomenal with Owen. Yeah. He was absolutely unbelievable. It was probably my favourite time of his was him and Torres. Torres. Those, those two were just a pleasure to watch. Then Suarez and they all left for big clubs for big money and it's just, that's why I felt so bad for him because every time he builds a connection with with someone yeah. they left. Yeah, the same with Mascherano as well. Even in, even if you look at his midfield partners like Henderson came in towards the end. Mm. Lucas Lever was there for a while. Like he never got like Gerard when he was playing with Mascherano and Alonso was just like unplayable. Like, yeah. I know they were those are the days. But listen, listen, it's all about the future now for for you guys. Yeah. And um, congratulations! Delighted to have another, to finally to have a scouser on, an yeah. actual genuine scouser. So no more complaining out there. I said I'd get you a scouser on, and we did. Um, it was really informative, Tom. Thank you so much, my man. And uh, we're glad to have an educated individual like yourself talking about the complexities of football, but with socialism and uh, and all the other things that it brings as well. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.